folks, Ryan Kennedy here. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode, I'm diving in to some of the most potent strategies to naturally boost your metabolic rate. You know, a lot of people have been misled to believe that you're either lucky and blessed with a fast metabolism or you're unlucky and you're stuck with the slow one. And while genetics do play a role, you have the ability to increase your metabolic rate. And similarly, people can also experience a big slowdown in their metabolism. And this is why many people experience this slow and steady weight gain over time, even if they're not substantially changing their diet and lifestyle. It's their metabolic rate slowing down since they're not making the right lifestyle and dietary choices. And so people will oftentimes chalk it up, be like, that's just part of aging, that's what happens. It's like, no, that's not, that's not true. When you're doing things right, that's not what happens. And it's really when you're not doing things quite optimally that over the course of time, it has this compound negative effect. So the thing about your metabolic rate is that it's always fluctuating based on your lifestyle choices and what you put into your body. And so increasing your metabolic rate will really come down to helping, well, there are a lot of benefits, a lot of benefits associated with this. It's going to help you maintain a healthy weight or lose weight, if that's your goal. It's also gonna really help with improved energy levels, better mood, better cognitive function. I mean, our metabolic health is the foundation of how we feel, how we perform, how we look. So it's really, really important. And that's also in addition to longevity and living a long, healthy life. So the idea here is to use the following tactics I'm gonna cover in this episode, along with other principles that in my other episodes, my other videos, to really optimize your metabolic rate so you can burn fat, build muscle, and really feel amazing with less work, right? It's not about cheating the system, but it's about working smarter, not just harder. So the first thing on this list is sleep. Sleep is very likely the most underappreciated performance-enhancing lifestyle practices that can take your health to the next level. No amount of nutrients, exercise, water, or anything else can overcome a lack of high-quality, adequate sleep. And I discussed this in more depth as far as practical how-tos with dialing in your morning routine in episode three. I also did a separate episode on evening routine, which is gonna be just as important. And that's really the foundation. That's really the anchor of how you're going to set yourself up for high-quality sleep. You can't just show up in bed after having a destructive morning and staying up late watching TV, consuming alcohol or caffeine late into the afternoon and expect to just fall asleep and sleep like a, like a champion. You know, you might be very unique, but most of us can't. You know, you have to prepare for this. You have to actually set yourself up for success. So not getting enough sleep on a regular basis is one of the worst things you could do for your health. It, it literally is the number one thing I work on with people because it's important for so many bodily functions and so many things take place while we sleep, both in our brain and you know cognitively, as well as in our bodies and, and physically, in terms of hormones and all sorts of different things. So lack of sleep will definitely massively increase your risk for weight gain, for obesity, and also have negative effects on your metabolic rate. So it's gonna wreak havoc. You know, it's been linked to, poor sleep has been linked to poor blood sugar regulation, which is gonna cause all sorts of issues with insulin and energy and really causing long-term insulin resistance if you have poor blood sugar stability. It'll lead to hormone imbalances, you know, things like low testosterone in guys, estrogen dominance in women, and also an increased risk for developing uh, chronic illness. You know, things like type two diabetes and the way that it negatively impacts our immune system can lead to things like cancer and all sorts of, you know, a whole slew of negative consequences. So 
That's why it's a bit backwards, this concept that people have to skip on sleep so that they can wake up extra early and go to the gym. And don't, don't get me wrong, exercise is super important and a, a very critical part of a healthy lifestyle, but not at the cost of your sleep. You have to prioritize getting to bed early, sleeping for at least seven hours with eight, eight and a half being ideal for most people. Because one thing I've found through tracking sleep using like an aura ring or a whoop strap with dozens and dozens of patients over the years in my practice is that just because you went to bed at 10 p.m. and woke up at 6 a.m. does not mean you got eight hours of sleep. No one's sleep efficiency is 100%. You'll always have, you know, middle of the night wake ups and things of that nature and sleep latency when you're falling asleep and, you know, waking up a little before your alarm in the mornings to where even if you don't remember those things, if you track your sleep closely, what you'll find is if you spent eight hours in bed, you're probably getting closer to seven hours of actual sleep. That's why I really suggest people aim for eight and a half or nine hours in bed to get seven and a half to eight hours of sleep. So don't want to go too deep down that rabbit hole. I'll be doing a whole episode on sleep architecture and how to optimize your sleep. Uh, but definitely check out my episodes on morning and evening routine to get a kind of a first step in terms of what to do during the day to set yourself up for success during the night. So number one on the list, dial in your sleep, folks. Number two is hydration. Every cell, tissue, and organ in your body requires water to function properly. And that's why it doesn't take long for your body to shut down when you're not getting enough water. Optimal water intake will boost your metabolism. This has been shown in numerous studies. And actually one study in particular looking at the metabolic boosting effects of water consumption found that drinking 500 milligrams of water, I'm sorry, 500 milliliters of water, not milligrams, which is about 17 ounces, increased resting metabolism by 24%. So drinking water first thing when you wake up in the morning is an excellent way to start your day since it'll hydrate your body, it'll boost your metabolic rate, it'll get your bowels moving so you can properly eliminate waste among many other things and it's a really critical foundation of the optimal morning routine I talk about in episode three. As far as during the day, I always tell people to aim for about half your body weight in ounces of water throughout the day. And that's a general rule of thumb, you know, that's going to vary based on your activity, based on your climate, based on your uh, body composition and, you know, how much uh, water you're getting through your food, you know, because if you're eating a, a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruits, th this contains water. So there's some variability in this, but in general, half your body weight in pounds. So let's say you weigh 150 pounds in ounces of water. So aiming for at least 75 ounces of water if you weigh 150 pounds. And then you can do the math based on your weight. The quality of water you're drinking is also of the utmost importance because you need to get a proper balance of electrolytes, minerals, and trace minerals to ensure you're actually hydrating your cells. So I talk about this in episode three. I really recommend adding a uh, high quality trace mineral supplement to your water. And if you're very active, you sweat a lot, maybe you're using the sauna, consider incorporating also a high quality electrolyte powder, which will make your water taste freaking great which is one of the primary uses I have for this electrolyte powder. Yes, the electrolytes are awesome, but the electrolyte powder I, I, I really suggest to people in my practice is a brand called Ultima, very high quality electrolytes. And the people I really have use it are the people that tell me like, Ryan, I have trouble drinking enough water because I just don't like water. It doesn't taste like anything. I'm like, of course it doesn't. It's freaking water, but you got to drink it. I personally love water. I don't need it to taste like anything. I drink it all the time because I, I just love it. Not the case for everyone. So if you fall into that camp where you're not drinking enough water and having a delicious tasting water would make you drink more of it, the electrolyte powder is going to be a game changer for you. Uh, so 
Wrapping up number two, drink water right when you wake up in the morning and aim to consume at least half your body weight in pounds in ounces of water every day. That's going to be dynamite for your metabolic rate. Uh, moving on to number three, we have thyroid function. So your thyroid is a major component of your metabolism. An underactive thyroid, which is called hypothyroidism, makes weight loss extremely difficult. So optimizing your thyroid function is essential for boosting this metabolic rate and to help you to burn fat more easily and maintain a healthy body weight. And the main way you do this, and there's a lot of nuances when it comes to thyroid, so I'm not going to be putting together a whole thyroid masterclass in this episode. I'm just going to give you some high-level stuff. But one of the main ways you do this is by improving levels of thyroid hormone T3. This is your active thyroid hormone. This increases your body's ability to shuttle fats into the cell for energy, which enhances energy levels and enhances fat burning. And in order to improve your levels of T3, you need adequate intake of selenium and iodine, which are basically superfoods for your thyroid. So you can get enough selenium, which most people need around two to 400 micrograms per day, not milligrams, micrograms, uh, by eating three or four Brazil nuts. Brazil nuts are the best food source of selenium. So three or four Brazil nuts, you're gonna be set. You know, if you're really lightweight, you might be good with two Brazil nuts every day. If, you're mu if you weigh a lot more, you might want four or five Brazil nuts, depending on, you know, what other sources of food or what other sources of selenium you're getting through your food. Now you can get iodine by eating seaweed or also by supplementing with uh, kelp capsules. Most people benefit from about half a milligram per day up to about one milligram per day. You don't want to get too much iodine, but you need enough. An iodine salt, horrific source of iodine. That's where they just have sodium chloride, which is white table salt stripped of all of its essential trace minerals. And then they put in some free flow agents and just a speck of iodine. It is not good for you folks. You want to be using a real mineral rich salt like Redmond Minerals Real Salt or uh, Celtic Sea Salt. But moving back to iodine, it's hard to know how much you're getting if you're eating seaweed. And most people don't eat seaweed, let's be honest. <laughs> you tell somebody you go eat seaweed, they're like, what do you mean? Like sushi? You know, and you can't get some through there, but you won't really know how much you're getting. So I really like to supplement with kelp capsules. And this way, you know, like each kelp capsule is X amount of micrograms of iodine. So if I take two, I'm getting this amount. That's what my body needs. And that's going to really help to support thyroid function because when we don't have enough iodine, chemicals from our environment, uh, which are often in the water supply as well, will actually latch onto the iodine receptors because we have a high density of iodine, recept uh, iodine receptors on the thyroid. When you don't have any iodine coming in, these receptor sites will latch on to fluoride, chlorine, and bromine because they're all halogens on the periodic table. This will poison the thyroid tissue and cause a lot of issues long-term. Everything from autoimmune conditions to poor thyroid function to all sorts of other things. So iodine is an essential trace mineral. We need a little bit, we don't need a lot. There's some people out there talking about taking crazy doses of iodine, like 10 to 12 milligrams. That's way too much. I would never suggest someone take that much. But getting a little bit more than we could get through food because most of our soils are deficient in trace minerals like iodine and selenium, it's going to be tremendously helpful. So big caveat here, this goes for the thyroid conversation I'm having, but with everything I talk about, always work with a qualified health, health professional to assess proper thyroid function, do some labs, ensure you're optimizing these levels of important hormones and make sure you're doing it right for your body. So key takeaway here, thyroid function is important. 
Getting iodine and selenium to optimize thyroid function can be great. Food sources are always going to be choice number one over any you know, uh, isolated supplements. And that's what I got for you on thyroid. Moving on to number four, herbal tea and black coffee. So what do I mean by this? Upon waking up, hydrating with high quality water, moving your body, and going outside to expose yourself to natural sunlight is important. Hydration, movement, and sunlight are the three keys to naturally wake your body up and set yourself up for a great day. Now, after you've done that, having a cup of organic herbal tea or organic black coffee can be an excellent idea because these beverages have both been shown in clinical studies to boost your metabolism, to increase your body's ability to burn fat. Uh, green tea um, particularly appears to raise metabolic rate and really speed up fat oxidation. Um, and there's been some studies showing the thermogenic properties that promote fat burning uh, and beyond. And of course it has something to do with the amount of caffeine in the green tea, but it really goes beyond just the caffeine. So I'm a big fan of doing something like that. My favorite uh, morning beverage to get this done in terms of optimizing energy, fat burning, metabolism, and so on and so forth is organic yerba mate tea. I freaking love that stuff. I find it's way better than coffee for stable energy levels and a little bit hard, uh, less harsh on the system than coffee can be. Uh, but just be sure not to overdo with the coffee, folks. Too much coffee, meaning like over two cups per day, can really lead to adrenal gland issues. It can excessively stress out your central nervous system. And be sure to cut out all caffeine consumption by at least you know 1 p.m. at the latest because it does have a pretty long half-life. So it's best not to consume caffeine past noon to make sure that it's not gonna impair your sleep. So key takeaway here is just to enjoy a cup of organic coffee or tea in the morning after you've done your essential practices, not the moment you get out of bed, you know, naturally wake your body up with sunlight and movement, and then, and of course water, you know, hydrating. And then, you know, maybe an hour after you've woken up. So if you wake up at 6 a.m., then by 7 a.m., this would be a great time to brew up a cup of coffee or tea. Moving on, we have the next factor to improving your metabolic rate is to eat adequate protein at every meal. And you know, adequate intake of high quality protein has been shown to really increase your metabolism because what happens is your body has to burn calories in order to digest and process nutrients from food. And it uses more calories, more energy to digest protein than it does other macronutrients like carbs or fats. So a study done on you know healthy young women looking at what's called post-meal thermogenesis, which is the passive caloric expenditure needed to maintain body temperature. It was 100% higher, so two-fold increase in the group that followed a higher protein diet compared to the group who followed a high carbohydrate diet. So what this essentially means is that when you consume more high quality protein, your body will naturally burn more calories and make it easier to lose weight and maintain a healthy weight. Higher protein has also been shown again and again to help with weight loss, to help with improving many metabolic health markers. And because protein is the most satiating macronutrient, it also keeps you fuller for longer. So you don't have these food cravings two hours after you ate. You don't have this constant need to snack all day. You eat, you feel satisfied, and you're good to go for at least four plus hours before your next meal. Additionally, high quality animal protein, such as grass-fed meats, wild-caught fish, pasture-raised eggs, these are the most nutrient-dense foods you can, you can consume. The best source of bioavailable vitamins and minerals, especially organ meats like liver and heart. These are superfoods for our bodies, folks. 
I'm going to do a whole episode on the importance of animal, of animal foods and why they've been wrongly villainized by the vegan community and these plant-based um, propaganda films. Without going too deep down that rabbit hole, understand it is important, but you can always overdo a good thing. And protein is no exception. You can always overdo it with protein. So the research is clear that over-consuming protein can be harmful to your long-term health. So there really is a sweet spot. And ideal consumption really does vary based on your activity level, the amount of muscle you have, how heavy you are, your gender, a whole bunch of factors. But a general rule of thumb for most folks is having between 0.5 and 0.8 grams per pound of body weight. So what that would mean is, let's say you weigh 200 pounds. On the low end, having about 100 grams of protein. Now, if you split that across three meals, yeah, you know, you're looking at 30, 35 grams per meal. On the higher end, that'd be 160 grams of protein for a 200 pound individual. 160 grams split between three meals, looking at 50, 55 grams per meal. So I understand that's a pretty large range, you know, 100 to 160, that's a good 50% plus, you know, 60% increase. Uh, but it really varies. You know, if you're sedentary, you don't do much resistance training, you're gonna do much better on the lower end of this range. You don't need a ton of protein. Whereas if you're athletic, you lift weights, you work out on a regular basis, then the upper end of this range would be far more appropriate to aid in muscle protein synthesis, to help with your recovery, and to really help in enhance lean muscle mass, which is one of the most important organs of longevity, which I'm gonna to get to in a second here. So your, your protein needs really vary day to day. It's not like you just have the same amount day in and day out. You need less protein after a long day at work seated in the office, opposed to needing more protein after doing a hard workout or an intense athletic event. And the, and the same thing goes with your total caloric intake and your carbohydrate consumption, but more on that another time. So key takeaway here is eating adequate protein with each meal will boost your metabolic rate. Sourcing is of course very important. Don't be getting factory farm protein, folks. Go for the grass-fed stuff, wild-caught fish, not farm-raised. All those basic principles still apply here. Moving on to the next point is build some lean muscle mass. Muscle is oftentimes associated as like this vanity metric, like bodybuilders and fitness competitors, like, yeah, they got all this muscle and it's not healthy. Well, they're definitely, bodybuilders are not healthy. That is definitely the case. You can always overdo it, but muscle is one of the largest organs in the body and one of the keys to longevity. You know, most people focus on being overly fat, like being obese, but the real problem here is being under-muscled. Of course, we realize that muscle is important for locomotion, right? Movements and, you know, maintaining functional fitness and being able to lift stuff off the ground and get up and down off the couch. We need muscle for that. But muscles also are metabolic currency. The amount of lean muscle mass you have directly impacts your metabolic rate and your ability to lose weight. So most diseases of metabolic dysfunction like diabetes, heart disease, you know, and so on, are correlated to the amount of muscle we have. So if you wanna improve your blood glucose and insulin levels, you wanna improve your lipid profile, and you wanna improve your short and long-term health, then do some resistance training on a weekly basis. Eat some high quality protein and build some muscle. Resistance training really is the best way to build lean muscle and boost your metabolic rate. So. Skip out on some of those steady state runs if you've been doing a lot of running and not a lot of lifting and lift some heavy shit and you're gonna thank me because it's gonna be tremendously beneficial. So key takeaway there, more muscle equals higher metabolic rate. All right, moving on, got our last couple notes here as we wrap up the episode. So next one I'm gonna to get to is movement. So less sitting, more moving. 
You know, sitting's been referred to many people as the new smoking since it's so harmful to your health and being sedentary greatly slows your metabolic rate. Whereas staying constantly moving throughout the day substantially boosts your metabolic rate. So I'm not talking about working out for eight hours a day. I'm just talking about not sitting on your ass for long periods of time. Getting up and doing what I call trigger sessions, absolutely essential. Just getting up for two minutes after sitting for an hour or you know 45 minutes, getting up for two minutes, just moving around. Maybe doing a quick set of bodyweight squats, quick set of push-ups, then get right back to work. Just breaking up that sedentary time is gonna go such a long way and incorporating more movement throughout the day. I did a whole episode on this about movement, so be sure to go back and, and listen or watch that if you haven't already. Be sure to go for walks after meals, during your lunch break, and especially walking after dinner. Very, very helpful. Uh, and use anything you need to. Use technology to remind you to get up every 20 or 30 minutes or every hour. Make, make it a priority to take calls and meetings while walking rather than sitting anytime you have that ability. You know, park further from your destination, take the stairs. There's all these different strategies I've covered in the past to really enhance your ability to get more movement in throughout the day. And the key is really creating a work environment that is conducive to this low-grade physical activity throughout the day. Developing you know, movement habits so that this becomes automatic long-term makes the process so much more sustainable, so much easier. And another aspect to more movement into your lifestyle is to try new hobbies that get you outside, moving your body that you enjoy, you know, that you find fun. This is the key. It's not like grinding it out on the Stairmaster where you just, it's grueling and you hate it and you dread it. That's not going to stick around long, folks. It's only a matter of time before you're like, screw this, I'm done. So find things that you enjoy. Some of my favorites include surfing, mountain biking, stand-up paddleboarding, kayaking, rock climbing, hiking, gardening. These are things that I enjoy. You know, movement is so much more than just sets and reps in the gym. So by incorporating these activities you enjoy, it makes the process sustainable, it makes the process more fun, and it really is conducive to a healthy lifestyle because you're getting out and doing things you enjoy. So key takeaway there is that movement really helps to boost your metabolism and to really try and minimize the time you spent seated. All right, that's my list. Seven things, just to recap. Seven ways to increase, to naturally increase your metabolic rate. Implement these strategies. Make sure you're prioritizing sleep, at least seven to eight hours per night. Hydrate well in the morning and throughout the day. Optimize your thyroid function by getting some additional selenium and iodine. Enjoy some uh, herbal tea or coffee, always organic, in the morning, especially coupled with that morning movement in a fasted state. Works like gangbusters to burn fat and boost energy. Get plenty of protein at every meal. Build some lean muscle mass. Move more and sit less. That's all I got for you today, folks. Hope you found this episode valuable, and I look forward to sharing more helpful and empowering information to help you optimize every aspect of your health. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for listening in. You can find the show notes and resources at briankennedyshow.com. I encourage you to share your biggest takeaway with me on social media. Tag me on Instagram at ryanckennedy and share the show with your friends and family. If you found this episode valuable, please leave us a five-star review. Your feedback helps to support me on my mission to positively impact as many people as I can with this information. Join me for my next episode where I'll be interviewing leading wellness professionals to empower you in your health journey. Until next time. Thank you.